It's Thursday, August 19th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy whose side effects may include headache, dizziness, vomiting, dark stool, light stool, foot stool, bar stool, virginity, mild discomfort, vampirism, mild rash, and your mom, J.P. Shatwick. It's a long list. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon. It's preseason week two. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy program ahead today, including Peter King of NBC Sports joining us at 4.15 this afternoon. We caught up on the practice field today and plenty of thoughts from Peter on the adjustment to the NFL for Urban Meyer. Trevor Lawrence, well, he was standing, Peter King was, in the quarterback huddle at one point today on one of the practice fields. Jeff Lagerman joins us on set at 4.30 today. We'll get his thoughts going into preseason week two. The prep continue today on the practice field for the Jags. And then the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour gets underway at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars radio network. And we'll hear from passing game coordinator Brian Schottenheimer and plenty more ahead today. News of the day. Jaguars back on the practice field Thursday in preparation for that preseason week two game. The Jaguars and the Saints on Monday Night Football in the Caesars Superdome in the Big Easy. The Jags today moved toward their Wednesday schedule, what will be their Wednesday schedule. He's trying it out on a Thursday in preparation, part of the preparation to find a routine for the team on a day-to-day basis. Um, Urban has talked about that in the past as well for individual players, trying to figure out you know, what to do on certain days, when to go lift, what, what the routine of a daily football player is. So that's part of the process in preseason for the team as well. So practice times, media time was before practice today, uh, a little shift in uh, protocol the last uh, couple of weeks of training camp. So more of a regular season feel today leading into practice. A couple of uh, transactions before practice today. Daniel Thomas, the safety, second-year man out of Auburn, was pulled off the COVID-19 reserve list. That's good news, so nobody on that list currently. Luke Barker, the cornerback, was waived from the squad to make room. Let's hear from offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel. He spoke with the media today, this morning, before practice. Trevor Lawrence last week, 6 of 9 passing, 71 yards, of course, in 15 plays of action against the Cleveland Browns. Bevel would not say certainly if he is starting. He said it's leaning that way. They still have some meetings and things to get to to try to figure that out in preseason week two in New Orleans. Both uh, Lawrence and Gardner Minshew are still getting first-team reps in practice. Bevel today said, though, that the actual game process, getting ready for the game, going through the motions during the game was huge for Lawrence. The whole game, you know, the, the whole game experience for him was a really important part of, for him to have. You know, he's, he's just had NFL training camp, NFL OTAs, you know, so that was his first opportunity to get in there where actually those guys could tackle him, right? So, I mean, that, that really changes the dynamic of it. And, you know, so he'll, he'll continue to get better each and every time that he goes out there. There's no, no real doubt about that, it feels like. And we heard Urban Meyer discuss the urgency that uh, he really didn't see a lot of early in the game last week. I don't think that means a no-huddle offense for the Jaguars, let's say. But get to the line, snap the ball, and get going and move along on offense. Just felt a little maybe sluggish in that department last week. They've been working on that in practice urging some tempo, urging some 
uh, some tempo to get guys to run and, and move a little faster in, in from the huddle to the line and things like that. We'll see what that looks like this coming Monday night. And, of course, the pace of the game a little bit different for Meyer. He said that after the game last week, he's used to getting three or four drives and a quarter in college. You might get that many, if that, in a half in the NFL. And the game just rolls along quicker. A small adjustment that he probably knew, but you might not realize how fast things go in the NFL until you are in it. And he certainly was for the first time last week. We got to hear from James Agnew today, a fifth-year receiver. Actually, it's only about a second year as a true wide receiver. He's played a number of positions. DB was a running back for a short time. He's a punt returner and a former first-team All-Pro returner. He's now a kick returner for the Jaguars. It's a tough coming at the uh, tough tough cut coming at the wide receiver position. And Urban Meyer said last week they didn't really get to see a lot of Agnew in the first game, and you might not see a lot of him moving ahead because. They wanted to get him out of the game last week since he's the kick returner. That's as solidified as you can probably get to make the roster for Agnew, though a big free agent signing for this team in the offseason. He wouldn't admit it that um, he's solidified on the roster. He's always competing, as he said today, but he knows how tough those cuts will be at the wide receiver position in the weeks ahead. You know, we got a lot of vets and we got a lot of young guys who, you know, have proven themselves and who are out there making plays every day. So I can't speak on how that decision goes down and you know what that decision feels like, but I'm sure it's definitely tough. It's definitely it's definitely tough just like, you know, grinding your butt off with those guys every day and then like one day like you they're not there anymore and it's just like it's it's something you never get used to in the league. Yeah, it never gets uh, never gets easier to see guys that you've battled with in the offseason. Uh, no longer around, and that'll be the case again coming up this Tuesday when the roster goes from 85 down to 80. The uh, Jaguars wide receivers, as we've said a lot in this uh, preseason, well, they're down to 13 now. At one point, they had a couple more than that, and that's uh, going to be a very difficult cut. They see, you know, you have a pretty good idea of the first three, at least, and Chark and Chenault, and... Uh, you know, and Marvin Jones Jr., of course, is lighting up uh, training camp this year. But where do these other guys fall? These next two preseason games are huge to figure that out. Seems like Agnew's aboard as one of those, maybe the sixth receiver slash kick returner. There's a lot of work to be done at that position in the days ahead. Let's move on the defensive side of the football now. Four players are listed at co-number ones at strong safety for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Josh Jones, Jared Wilson, Rudy Ford, and Andre Sisco are at strong safety for this team. We heard from Jared Wilson today. He gave his view of the battle at that position. I think everyone has a job to do each and every day, and it's to come out and compete. And I wouldn't say it's different between um, training camps in the past, but the intensity of everything and the details of every single rep counts, and it's a winner and loser of every rep is uh, being taken into consideration in this camp. So it's been fun, and it's been a lot of energy in training camp. Well, Andre Sisco at that spot is a draft pick, and he put together a really nice game last week, had the most snaps played of any defender for the Jaguars, 65% of the snaps in the game, and eight on special teams as well, and a few different times flashed in that game against the Cleveland Browns. That was a really good sign for him. Jared Wilson is a vet. He's been around this team for a long time. One of the only 
uh, only a, a couple of defenders remaining from that 2017 team, though he didn't start on that team. He was around on that roster that year. So he's in that fight. There's a there's a lot of reps to be had. D Ford is a veteran in this league, kind of came on as a special teams guy this year, and we'll see what they have in mind. Rudy Ford didn't play in last week's game, so this one coming up is a big for him to see where he falls in the depth chart there. Let's go to linebacker now. And Shaquille Quarterman going into year two with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's right now behind Damian Wilson on the depth chart at middle linebacker. And a preview now of an interview that will air in full on Monday night on the Publix Tailgate Show. Quarterman feels different headed into year number two. COVID threw a lot of things into whack last year, but, you know, getting it back on on track this year, I'm definitely having fun, definitely enjoying it, uh, enjoying it, definitely just enjoying the whole process. You know, I feel like last year COVID kind of took away from the process of football, and I love football to the utmost. So getting back to the basics is something that I, I really enjoy. How is the Urban Meyer process fitting you? There's not many bigger on process of preparing and getting ready for a game than, than that man. I think it's going pretty great. You know, I love his approach to the game, his, his mindset, mentality. You know, he comes from a long lineage of winning, and he comes from, you know, um, dog-like mentality players, and that's something I could definitely get in tune with. So, you know, the things that he's, he's putting into a rotation here and implementing, I'm, I'm in love with. You know, you in college at Miami, you had 52 starts, uh, the most ever for the University of Miami in a row. Didn't miss one. Mm-hmm. Last season, you missed a bunch of games. You, mm-hmm. you were on IR for a little bit later in the season. How difficult was that? First of all, you were down the depth chart a little bit early in the season. You were a rookie coming mm-hmm. in to not be on the field a lot, playing special teams, which is certainly important. But that's a totally different world than you had been used to at Miami. Did that take a little while to overcome? Uh, I would say definitely so. You know, coming from college, coming from high school, coming from middle school, I've never missed the game. So just those 52 in college was right. definitely wow. a, an accomplishment. But, you know, this was coming to someone who never sat on a bench. You know, even when I came off the field, you know, we were usually going back in for special teams and things of that nature. So, you know, but I'm grateful for it because I learned a lot about myself. You know, I learned what type of ball player I am, what type of man I am. And going to, going into this uh, year where I have more opportunities, you know, I definitely make the most of them. And I feel like, you know, my impression is definitely being felt. Shaq Quarterman with us inside linebacker. Last week, preseason week one, you had the third most defensive snaps of anybody. The most special team snaps, 10 of those. Uh, balancing defensive play and special teams. Last year it was mainly special teams for you. Mm. Now it could be a little bit more as things have changed in preseason and and in training camp at the linebacker position. A thin balance, right? Being ready on defense and then, boom, you got to go down on on special teams. That's a lot of snaps in one game. How do you balance those two when you have to play both? It's all about preparation. You know, going into even practice, you have to prepare your mind to be able to switch into different pockets, you know, which allows you to win. If you think about it as just one, you know, one single fight, you know, that can be kind of daunting when you think about the whole thing. But for me, you know, whether it's special teams, whether it's first or second down, third down, my only object is to win. So when you have that mindset, you know, whatever position they put you in, you know, as long as you have the same goal of winning, you know, you just out there to compete and, and, and be the best of the best in my mind. Great conversation today with Shaq Quarterman, Jaguars inside linebacker, hometown guy, too. Went to Oak Leaf High School in Orange Park, and uh, you'll hear his thoughts a little later in the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour on playing in his hometown stadium. 
Uh, and the, of course, his rookie season a year ago, he was on the IR a bit late in the season, but had plenty of special teams times uh, special teams time last year. And he's looking for a little bit more. And uh, the future, I think, is bright for Shaq Quarterman with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got plenty ahead on Jaguars Happy Hour. Head coach Urban Meyer and quarterback Trevor Lawrence scheduled to speak with the media tomorrow before practice. You can catch those on Jaguars social media. And the highlights on the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast tomorrow. Jeff Lagerman coming up at 4.30 today. But when we return, it's Peter King of NBC Sports. Thoughts on Urban Meyer's transition to the league and much more. Season tickets, single game tickets, and group tickets. Be a part of the new era of Jaguars football and own it. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 633-2000. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. In America, the future belongs to everyone. So we built the SUVs of the future for everyone, like Ford Escape, Edge, or Explorer, all named 2021 IIHS top safety picks with specific headlights. One of the many reasons why Ford has the freshest lineup of SUVs in America, because the SUVs of the future aren't built for a few. They're built for America. Ford SUVs, drive one today. When equipped with available LED headlamps based on AutoSource Incorporated data obtained on 10 if something's been hurting, aching, or bothering you, don't ignore it any longer. It's time to take care of your health again. It's time to make an appointment with a Baptist Health primary care doctor or specialist. Call 904-202-4U to schedule a virtual visit or see a doctor in person at a Baptist Health location. The time for better health is here. Call 904-202-4U or visit GetBetterJacks.com. So, it's happy hour. Let's talk whiskey options. Have you tried Citrus Distillers? Have you tried Citrus Distillers Limited Edition 2021 Barrel-Aged Jaguar Whiskey? Did you know it's only available for a limited time and manufactured in Jacksonville? Yes, Jacksonville. I said local whiskey. Try it on the rocks or in a Jack's Whiskey Sour. Citrus Distillers Jaguars Whiskey is available at local liquor stores, restaurants, and the Jaguar Stadium. Drink local, Jacksonville. Find recipes and events at jaguarswhiskey.com. Your family isn't like anyone else's. Your home shouldn't be either. At DreamFinders Homes, you can build the home of your dreams in one of their 30-plus communities in Northeast Florida. Choose from luxury single-family homes or maintenance-free townhomes from the 200s. DreamFinders specializes in homes built to fit your lifestyle. To find out more, call 904 738 0165 or visit dreamfindershomes.com Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash Jagscard 
TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony, Jaguars Today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour on a Thursday afternoon, preseason week two. The Jags and the New Orleans Saints coming up on Monday Night Football. Glad you're along with us. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman coming up in about 14 minutes from right now. Logs will join us and get his thoughts on the week that has happened and the week ahead at the Caesars Superdome on Monday night. Veterans, choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Let's uh, hear from Peter King now, uh, a longtime national writer, of course, in the NFL, most notably with Sports Illustrated for 29 years. He started covering the NFL in the mid-1980s, now with NBC Sports. His weekly Football Morning in America column runs Mondays on Pro Football Talk. It is a must-read. It was Monday Morning Quarterback, which is still around, but he created that uh, back in the old days with Sports Illustrated. It has now morphed for him into Football Morning in America. A Pro Football Hall of Fame selector, we discuss Urban Meyer's transition, Trevor Lawrence, and could he hear the snap of his throw today? Tony Vaselli and his Hall of Fame chances and much more. From NBC Sports and Football Morning in America on Pro Football Talk, it's the great Peter King here at Jaguars Training Camp preseason week number two. What are your initial impressions of Camp Urban Meyer a few hours in? Well, I think, you know, I had a chance to chat with him a bit uh, before the practice we're at right now. And, you know, essentially, I think what is interesting for him is that, you know, when he's in college, when he's coaching, I think, 17 years in college, there is no rule that says, oh, by the way, on August 16th, you've got to cut five players. And then on August, whatever it is, you've got to cut five more. And then you got to do this and you got to do that. And he goes, I think the big challenge, one of the big challenges is going to be to get to 53 and to make sure that you protect all those guys and play 17 games. And he said, it's just uh, that is a big difference. But he said, I've known that for a long time. And I think his other, his other thing that I believe he's tried to do I think he's really tried to convince his players that, you know, we have to be somewhat of a family. You know, I know everybody says that and, and, and all that. And what does it mean? Well, it means that, you know, if you're having a personal problem, I think what he has, what he has liked so far is two or three times players, or in one case, I think a player's wife has basically you know, reached out and said, you know, we need to talk about something. And a modern head coach, you know, like when I started covering the NFL in the mid eighties, uh, you know, a coach might say, Hey, listen, it's football season. The off season is the time for personal problems, but not now, but he's the kind of guy. And I think that's one of the reasons why he gets along so well with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson majored in psychology at Arkansas and Urban knows that dealing with the whole person is a part of being an NFL coach today. I talked to Jags owner Shad Khan last week, Peter, and 
I asked him about Urban so far and dealing with him and hearing the messaging that's so consistent from Urban. But he also added that it's the authenticity of it, his track record of success with it, believability. And it, he said, Khan said that it just resonates differently than some of the past messages that he's had in coaching staffs and folks here in Jacksonville. And when he's saying that, I, I tend to believe it. It's, it's more than just between the white lines. I think I think the one thing about Urban, and, and I mean, look, we have seen a lot of college coaches come into the NFL. And for every Jimmy Johnson, there's a Chip Kelly. You know, there's a there's maybe more there's there's a Steve Spurrier. You know, so honestly, I mean, JP, we just we don't know if it's gonna work. But I do think that in today's football you need to make sure that you're not just the football coach of the team. That there is a message out there that the players trust that you can give out every day. And I tend to think that if your players trust the coach and trust the coaching staff, you've got a much better chance to win today in today's football. Peter King with us from NBC Sports and Football Morning in America. I saw you out on the practice field earlier in the quarterback huddle, did you hear the snap of the throw from Trevor Lawrence? That's the well, big question everyone wants an answer. I wish I did, but the problem is music was playing and you couldn't hear yourself think. I'm just kidding, but the music was too loud and I couldn't hear it. But what I, what I really took from it is that ball comes out of his hands so beautifully and almost Oh, it's almost effortless and you know imagine a Max Scherzer fastball and throwing the fastball without even a grimace you know and that's kind of what you notice when you're standing right up next to him and watch him throw a, that was like probably about a 12 yard out to the sidelines and um, look I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a real interesting experiment here because we all think it's likely he's going to start the opening game and start this season. But, you know, you go to camp to camp, you go from camp to camp, and, I mean, there's four quarterbacks here who should be on NFL rosters. I mean, active rosters. I mean, if you think right now, and look, who knows, maybe they end up trading Minshew. I don't know. But if you have to go into a season with – C.J. Beathard is your backup. That's pretty good. And Jake Luton is your number three. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really pretty good. And so I think they're in a good spot at quarterback especially. Uh, but, again, you know, I think the big issue is going to be, and it always is, if you're going to play a young quarterback, I mean, Peyton Manning threw a jillion interceptions when he was a rookie. And you're just going to have to deal with the growing pains. And I think that – you know, I, I still really am interested in seeing if Urban Meyer is going to do what he says he's going to do, which is I have learned in the, the run-up to this that I need to be able to take losing, and I will. I'll be able to take it. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, he's an educated, very, very smart person, so I don't doubt that he is going to be able to deal with it but I still want to see it also. Peter King with us from NBC Sports Football Morning in America.
I love the Joe Cullen story, oh, the comeback yeah. story of everything that happened in the early 2000s, and he's fought his way back into the league and has been a defensive line coach for a long, long time, including three years here in Jacksonville. He now gets his first shot as a defensive coordinator. Uh, having Joe Cullen finally get an opportunity to call a defense, I think that's a fantastic finish, or at least start to the finish of the story. Hey, look, about... I think it was 11 years ago, I did a long story for Sports Illustrated on Roger Goodell. And so one of the things, and I looked into how Roger Goodell has been in some ways a Father Flanagan figure. I mean, I, I'm now thinking to myself, well, let's see. Are listeners going to have any idea what I'm talking about? Let's just say a father figure to a lot of, uh, a lot of troubled people around the NFL. And look, Joe Cullen, there was a chance... Um, after his misadventures in Detroit, that he was never going to coach in the NFL again. My feeling is that, you know, I think Roger Goodell was really significant in getting Joe Cullen back on track as a person and a coach. And Joe Cullen took that opportunity, and it took a decade, but now he's risen to where he should be. Because, look, I have known him for quite a while, and I have tremendous respect for him as a coach. And I know John Harbaugh, uh, Eric DaCosta in Baltimore, they loved Joe Cullen. And they love the fact he's getting a chance, but they were not happy to lose him at all. And so I think he's one of those stories that I love the fact that Urban Meyer took a shot on him, uh, and I think it's going to pay off. I think he will improve this defense. And I think he's going to, look, there's no question, Josh Allen has got to take a step. You know, he, they drafted him to be a dominant pass rusher. He's been a nice player so far. He's not been a dominant player. So they drafted him to be a dominant pass rusher, and they need him to be. So the way I look at this is you got a guy who knows how to coach edge players. And so that's just like an added bonus. I like uh, I really like that hire, and I think he's going to have a really good positive effect on this defense. Final thought with you. Peter King with us from NBC Sports. Uh, seems like the offensive line logjam for the Hall of Fame has broken up a bit. A lot of those guys are in. Is this Tony Baselli's year? I give up guessing, you know, projecting about the Hall of Fame because, honestly, JP, I'm never right. So... And I, I am not the kind of person who calls up the 40, any of the 47 other voters and say, hey, what do you think of the Baselli case? I just, first of all, I'm not a big fan of the polit internal politicking, which sometimes goes on. I think we all ought to vote our consciences, and which is what I do. I vote the way I think is best. And so now it comes to Baselli and... So I, I feel strongly about his case for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, in the last three or four years, we have uh, elected two players who were great for a short period of time, Terrell Davis and Kenny Easley. Easley a safety in Seattle, Davis a running back for the Denver Broncos. And so I believe that Tony Baselli at the absolute very least, was as good at his position as Davis was at his. And I believe he was better, a better left tackle than Easley was a safety. 
And there's one other factor in this. He played more NFL games than either of those two guys. So for those who say, eh, you know, his career was too short. You know, a three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, and he played longer than, and again, look, it's unfair to compare to the guys in the 30s, 40s, 50s, because many of them said, I'm going to go get a job in the mill. It pays better. So you just can't really necessarily think that. But I think he's got a good shot, but I don't project. I mean, they don't. Uh, the odds of him getting in at some point, I think, are good. The odds of him getting in this year, I, this, this go-around, I just I can't project. Peter, thank you for the insight. Always great to see you. Enjoy the rest of your camp travels, and we look forward to reading you every Monday morning. Hey, thanks a lot. Good luck to the Jags. They're going to be an absolutely fun chemistry experiment to watch. That's Peter King of NBC Sports. We caught up at training camp today. Always an insightful visit from Peter King. He's been doing this for a long, long time, obviously at a very high level. Uh, Great thoughts about Urban Meyer and his transition and off-the-field matters with the Jaguars and his football team. Uh, The effortless motion of Trevor Lawrence and Joe Cullen getting an opportunity at defensive coordinator. We'll talk about all that and much more when we return with Jeff Lagerman, Jaguars analyst, joining us for the next 30 minutes of this show and the start of hour number two. We're halfway home in hour number one. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. The Land Rover Defender story began with the simple thought of creating an exceptionally capable off-road vehicle, becoming the go-anywhere, do-anything, all-terrain machine. Today, there's a new Land Rover Defender, the toughest and most advanced Land Rover vehicle ever. From the beginning, Land Rover knew the new Defender was capable of great things. Motor Trend's 2021 SUV of the Year is just the latest example. Test drive the new Land Rover Defender today at Land Rover Jacksonville on Atlantic Boulevard or go to LandRoverJacksonville.com. Land Rover, above and beyond. At most sandwich places, asking for more of something is just part of the drill. But what if you never had to ask for more? What if more was just a given? At Daly's, more is what our sandwiches are built on. More meat, more cheese, more veggies, more quality, more taste. All for a price that's anything but more. Sandwiches from Dash. Made fresh. Dailies. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. 
Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. Hi, folks. Frank Frangie here to tell you where to find the most authentic Southern pit barbecue in all of Jacksonville. That's right, Bono's. For 72 years, Bono's has been smoking real pit barbecue right here on the First Coast. Smoked for hours, served in minutes, and always cut to order. You can find Bono's locations all around town and on game day at TIAA Bank Field. Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. If you don't see a pit, it ain't legit. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, it's special teams. You know, you're, this whole roster management is really critical as we journey here into the next two weeks. You know, offensive players that, you know, two of the special teams phases are tackling. We never tackled. That's what I found myself, and I still find myself. All of us, you know, every every off day, we'll have a two to three hour meeting about roster management. And it comes down because we expect to be very good in special teams. And you know, tight end position is one of those. And tailback, if, if you can't contribute on special teams, that's a tough go. Head coach Urban Meyer, of course, the other day discussing special teams, the importance, and uh, that was after the first round of cuts. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman joining us now. And good afternoon to you, Logs. What's up? Good. It's all good, man. That, by the way, he was talking about Tim Tebow. Yes, there. he was. That was a, Correct. a question. So I kind But it of... kind of morphed into uh, pretty much everybody has to contribute if you're on the bubble. Well, and he was specific about two positions and that, you know, on offense, it's not like you can ask offensive linemen to contribute on special teams on your core four. But the wide receiver position, tight end, running back room has to be able to contribute. If you're not a starter, you have to be a somebody that can contribute on special teams. And uh, I found it interesting in that the preseason game Saturday night, Tim Tebow did not play any special there teams. Have it. Yep, they must have known it. Obviously, going into the game, that ooh, this is not going as as well as. But, they anyway, but, but anyway, the, the, That's water under the, the page has turned, and, and it's time to move forward. What would you make of Peter King there? He had some interesting thoughts on Urban off the field, uh, dealing with some of the, uh, the things that um, athletes go through these days. <laughs> and, you know. Uh, I, I found it yeah. interesting that he used the term, this is going to be an interesting chemistry experiment. Uh, at the very end, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's kind of the thing that stuck out to me because, I mean, this is – I don't. I wouldn't call this an experiment. I mean, this an experiment is something that you're doing something that that is something that hasn't been done before. You're trying to find out what the reaction or what the final situation is going to turn out to be. I don't look at this as an experiment at all. I think that this is something that is. It's certainly very measured as far as the decisions that were made to bring in Urban Meyer, et cetera. And so I wouldn't agree with Peter King as much respect as I have for him. I would not use that term in this situation at all. Hmm. 
How about the uh, quarterback situation now for the Jacksonville Jaguars? We heard Peter discuss that a little bit. He was out there. I saw him. He walked out there in the middle of a practice field with the four quarterbacks there, and the idea that uh, he had heard Urban Meyer had told him you can hear the snap of the ball at pro day, right, of coming out of his hand. So he invited Peter back then to, hey, come to training camp and hear it for yourself. But the music was too loud, unfortunately, today. You couldn't really hear all that going on. You don't have to hear it. To yeah. see, you, you can see, see it. it. And that was his point. It comes out effortlessly. And uh, I'm curious, Logs, what you think about the playing time this week. They haven't officially said anything yet. Urban Meyer is going to talk tomorrow. He might not be – I'm fully transparent on it even then. So I would expect some more time for the ones, right, including Trevor if he's the starter. Well, I think so. I mean, I, and I hope that not only do the Jaguars' number ones get an extended period of time more than they got against Cleveland, I hope that the New Orleans Saints are doing the same thing mm-hmm. because Cleveland Browns didn't give you the look that you wanted to have, which was their number one offense was essentially sat down. You'd like to have New Orleans' number one offense play in its entirety, which you expect that they will because Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston are in a battle for the starting quarterback position. A heated battle, by the way. But yes, it's, and it's a very even battle. Yeah. I mean, I, I was actually just a little bit ago watching the, the film, and Taysom Hill had 20 snaps, Jameis Winston had 19 snaps, and it was pretty even. They both had some good plays. They both had some bad plays, and so – you want to be able to get as, as good of work as you possibly can against starting caliber competition. So you, know, you hope that they can see the number ones. And then I think that the Jaguars' number one offense needs to get more reps. And there are certain players that you might pull out and say, okay, hey, look, we don't need to see a ton more of him. He, you know, Certain guys may get less. Just like Brandon Leonard didn't get much in the first preseason game, they pulled him out. He's a question mark this week, yeah. but that's the, that's the type of player you're talking that I'm talking about. Certain guys you know about. Certain guys need work, and from an offensive line standpoint, you're not going to have your uh, center and Brandon Leonard. You're also not going to have your starting left guard and Andrew Norwell. So you're going to have mm-hmm. a couple backup guys there that you feel really good about. I mean, you feel good about Shatley, and to be honest with you, Ben Barch played pretty well last week at left guard. Yeah, they like him. Can he can he continue to get better? I think that's. That's a question that still needs to be answered. The only one way to find out is to go out there and play. Well, and right. you need to play against good players. That's right. You know, Cleveland didn't exactly have any of their star pass rushers out mm-hmm. there. So you want to see that. But I'm looking forward to the game because it's Monday night football. The lights are bright. Everybody around the league is going to have an opportunity to watch. And I think this also provides another test from the coaching staff slash personnel side that here you get to evaluate guys playing Monday night football. How will they handle something that is a national stage? Because you want players that can handle it without any kind of issue whatsoever. So it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to evaluate the players under the national spotlight. J.P. Shatterk with Jeff Lagerman. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. I'm curious your thoughts on the paranoia of NFL coaches especially in the preseason. How much to show of scheme? What do you want to hide? Urban Meyer asked earlier this week, well, why can't we show certain things? And, uh, you know, Schottenheimer and Daryl Bevel have been around the NFL for a while. I think it just depends on the organization you're in. At at some point, though, Logs, football is – Football, right? But you don't want to show all of your cards. Where's the balance there? Well, you got to find that balance because they have to work too. You got to remember, 
There's a book already out on Darrell Bevel as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. Yeah. Okay, there's a book out on the Baltimore Ravens defense, which is where Joe Cullen comes from. But that's not the only experience that Joe Cullen has. He's never been a play caller before. So what's the percentages of, of what his play calls may be? Darrell Bevel's never worked with Schottenheimer before. Mm-hmm. He's never worked for Urban Meyer before. So the offense, even though it is Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator, there is some input from other people, and there is a blend in a lot of times, or a lot of instances, I'm sure, of a lot of ideas and concepts. And so there are certain things that you do not want to allow people to see, but there are certain things that are just run-of-the-mill plays. And uh, so you're going to go ahead and, and you want to be able to execute and get practice utilizing your entire playbook if possible. But I'm sure that there are a couple small chapters that you have over here that you say, you know what, we're not showing that in the preseason. Off limits. You know, but here I will say about Joe Cullen. He ran a bunch of stuff in this game against Cleveland. He ran, he ran corner blitz. He ran safety blitz. He brought – different combinations of linebackers. He was not hesitant to do anything that uh, from a a pressure standpoint, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't know, we're going to show it. This is what we're going to do. But I'm sure that there are certain other plays that he's not going to want to show. So there is a balance. And, yes, there are certain plays that you don't want to show, but you don't want to sit there and go, you know what, we're not going to show 80% of our playbook because we're new coaches we're going to surprise everybody. No, they they know what you're going to use for the most part, but there might be a five or a ten percent of that playbook that you do not want to use, or it's the, that part of the playbook is only in certain situations against a certain scheme on offense, and you don't pull it out in general anyway. I mean, after the first two three weeks, you've pretty much you've got everything out there on tape anyway uh, of the regular season. I'm saying, not really. No, you would hold some no, stuff no, for later that's, too. That, no, that's not necessarily true. Okay. I mean, there there are plays, and and if you actually watch throughout the regular season, there are plays that they actually hold back. Okay. Teams will hold back certain plays. You might um, have an itchy trigger finger and want to play it and, and do it earlier, but you're holding it for a special occasion. And maybe. and you will okay. you will add things to your playbook. It's amazing how sometimes there are additions to the playbook as the season goes along. In the additions, you can guarantee, for the most part, come because of the opponent's success at using it against you. So, for example, the Jaguars are playing, let's say, Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis runs this cool little throwback offensive play that they beat the Jaguars' defense on. Mm -hmm. Daryl Bevel will look at that play and go, that worked. Mm -hmm. I like it. Never Mm -hmm. seen that before. And he adds it to his playbook. Next thing you know, three weeks later, he's using it against Tennessee. I mean, so things like that happen in the league. Uh, but there are certain plays that coordinators and special – and I'm, when I mean coordinators, that's all three phases, special teams, offense, and defense, that they will hold back and not show because they want to use that at some point later in the season. And it's just – it's natural. It's like, it's like having a secret – they view it as a secret weapon. Now, look, can we have the conversation and that coaches put too much importance on – the ability of them to have all these secret plays or these plays that they're holding back or they're not showing, it probably is a little bit of, uh, over the yeah, top. Yeah, paranoia reigns. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, but hey, they like to have it in 
in their bag, so to speak, where they can pull it out when they want Whatever to. Whatever makes you sleep good at night, right? I'm, hey, look, I, I like the ability of having some plays that yeah. you do hold back, and especially when you have a young quarterback because no, nobody knows what this Jaguars offense is going to really look like. How much will they run Trevor Lawrence? How much of the read option game will be incorporated into the offense? I guarantee you, J.P., that there are a lot of football teams that have done some advanced scouting on the Jaguars, and you know which film they're watching? Clemson. John Wright. Yep. You're darn right, because I guarantee you that Daryl Bevel has added some plays that they ran at Clemson. Plenty ahead on Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll come back with a look at some battles on defense that are raging, especially in the secondary, where there are four co-number ones at strong safety even still. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. No wonder it's the official truck of the NFL and proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Why live with foot or ankle pain? If you have persistent pain, numbness, tingling, burning pain on the bottom of your foot, or swelling that doesn't improve with home treatment, it may be time to see Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute. Our foot and ankle specialists have innovative new options to help you get back in the swing of things without persistent pain that slows you down. Call JOI 2000 or go to joionline.net for an appointment. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, CSI Companies is one of the fastest-growing workforce solutions companies in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI has the resources necessary to scale with any enterprise, yet they are small enough to maintain the agility, personal service, and remarkable experience they've become known for over the past three decades. This is your workforce and your business reimagined. Visit CSICompanies.com to learn more. In America, the future belongs to everyone. So we built the SUVs of the future for everyone, like Ford Escape, Edge, or Explorer. All named 2021 IIHS top safety picks with specific headlights. One of the many reasons why Ford has the freshest lineup of SUVs in America. Because the SUVs of the future aren't built for a few. They're built for America. Ford SUVs drive one today. When equipped with available LED headlamps based on AutoSource Incorporated data obtained on 10-520. So, it's happy hour. Let's talk whiskey options. Have you tried Citrus Distillers? Have you tried Citrus Distillers Limited Edition 2021 Barrel Aged Jaguar Whiskey? Did you know it's only available for a limited time and manufactured in Jacksonville? Yes, Jacksonville. I said local whiskey. Try it on the rocks or in a Jack's Whiskey Sour. 
Citrus Distillers Jaguars Whiskey is available at local liquor stores, restaurants, and the Jaguar Stadium. Drink local, Jacksonville. Find recipes and events at jaguarswhiskey.com. Your family isn't like anyone else's. Your home shouldn't be either. At DreamFinders Homes, you can build the home of your dreams in one of their 30-plus communities in Northeast Florida. Choose from luxury single-family homes or maintenance-free townhomes from the 200s. DreamFinder specializes in homes built to fit your lifestyle. To find out more, call 904-738-0165 or visit DreamFindersHomes.com. Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville sports fans. 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars game day broadcasts are presented by Vistar Credit Union, and we welcome you back to Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, busy schedule coming up at Daly's Place. Tomorrow night, Lady A takes the stage. September 3rd, Chris Tomlin, Carrie Job, and Bethel Music Tour. September 9th, Rod Wave, Sam Hunt on stage September 10th. Uh, plenty of great shows ahead in late September and into October. Carlos Santana's coming, Logs. I know you'll be fired up for that. I want to try to make that one. I think he knows how to play guitar. He's, yes. Uh, he's been at it for a while. Tickets available at dailiesplace.com. Time now for the injury report presented by Baptist Health. Changing health care for good. Dylan Moses on the active non-football injury list. That seems like a long-term play. And there is uh, no name listed on the reserve COVID-19 list right now for the Jaguars. Knock on wood that that stays the same. As uh, the safety from Auburn, Daniel Thomas, came off earlier today. A few others that Urban Meyer noted earlier in his week uh, in his uh, press conference uh, just the other day. Uh, Brandon Linder with patella tendinitis. The center for the Jaguars, Andrew Norwell, has an elbow issue, but he's back on the practice field. That's a good sign, but we'll see if he even goes on Monday. And then Trey Hearn in the corner with an MCL strain, according to Urban Meyer. In the preseason, you don't have to have an injury report uh, officially, so that's the latest from the coach's Well, we mouth. can have an injury report all we want. Well, we just did it. But the coach doesn't have to that's give what I'm one. But he, he, was, he gave some actual detail on a few of those which is this kind week. Of, which is great. I mean, it's, um, I, think, I think the fan base loves a coach that I don't want to have to, to, you know, he doesn't have to give us all the details, but gives you a general idea. Uh, what do you call that? Being uh, open and honest. I mean, transparency. As a, transparent or whatever you want to call it, as opposed to the opposite end of that spectrum, which is Bill Belichick, which gives you nothing. And uh, so, but I, I, I appreciate it. I, I like it. I mean, you'd like to know about your football team. And when you get information like that, you don't need to know all the specific details, but the general stuff is it's good. Looking at the Jaguars depth chart again this week, there is a four-way uh, draw at the strong safety spot. Four guys at co-number one on the depth chart. Josh Jones, Jared Wilson, Rudy Ford, Andre Sisco. We heard from Jared Wilson today. Rudy Ford didn't play last week. Uh, Josh Jones did. He's been around the league for a little bit. And Andre Sisco, the rookie, I think, uh, stepped out and played pretty well last week. Who is leading this right now in your eyes, Logs? Uh, well, I mean, if you talk to five different people, you might get, you know, three different opinions for the most part. I, I think there are some people that uh, probably like, when I say some people, I'm sure some of the staff like a Josh Jones. He's physical. Uh, he can play in the box. 
There are some that might like Jared Wilson, a nice kind of compliment between a guy that can play in the box and also play in space, and he's got a lot of experience. Rudy Ford has played very well in training camp when he's practiced. Cisco has an immense, immense amount of ball skills, which is hard to ignore. And so this is going to be and when, when a lot of times when you see co-starters or you see somebody that might be at number two on the depth chart and there's two guys at number two on the depth chart, some of that stuff can be what I call manufactured. Okay. You're trying to you're trying to give somebody a kick in the rear end and let them know that hey look, you got to get better because we we'll, we're going to put this guy and he's even with you when in reality he's not. But this is real. I mean, these guys are all fairly even when it comes to the ability to be a starter. And I would also say that look, Daniel Thomas could be a consideration. Okay. And maybe he's not in that four-way tie just because he was on the COVID list. But in reality, Daniel Thomas, when he was practicing, he was playing very well. So this is not going to be an easy decision whatsoever. And I think that there's a couple different ways they can go. And I think the best part about this, the competition that's happening there is making that position better for this team. Because guys know if I don't carry or I don't show my abilities and the opportunities that I have – I'm going to fall behind, and it makes guys stay on point, and that's a good thing. It makes teams competitive. It makes the team better. Staying at safety, Rayshon Jenkins came in in free agency in this offseason and has really flashed at least a number of times that I've seen in training camp and early in the game Saturday night against the Browns. Coming up, making plays. He's all over the practice field, it feels like. I think that other side at safety seems somewhat solidified, though they wouldn't admit that as a coaching staff right now. we still got a well, few I mean, weeks, but there's it's pretty there's clear. No, there's no doubt clear. That, that he's the guy, and, and for a couple reasons. One is playmaking ability. How he closed on the tight end on the Brown sidelines and knifed him up down low, and the tight end couldn't even come back for the next play because he was physical. Mm-hmm. He's got great coverage ability. He's got super high energy and leadership. And that's something that it's kind of hard to say, okay, there's a value in that. It's hard to put a number on that if you were, like, paying a guy for that type of ability. Uh, I like the way he plays. I like the way he has energy. With him, with Griffin, at the corner spot, you get, that whole secondary is going to have plenty of energy with those two guys. You got it. Um, and uh, in my opinion, I think those two guys are a big boost for this football team. What a great find and free agency, the both of them. Yeah, and it's the story of Griffin and Jenkins growing up together down in uh, the Tampa area. Well, and, and, and it's I crazy. hope I hope because C.J. Henderson doesn't have that energy right now for whatever reason. Can these two guys help him find it? I hope so, because. These are two great guys to kind of follow their lead. You think CJ is, when he's right out there and playing at a high level, his skill set, I think, competes with anybody else that's on that roster at corner. There's no question about his skill. Yeah. I mean, that, that's never been a question. That's right. You know, the question mark is, is he committed to football? Is he Is he okay? I mean, we don't know. I mean, that's... That's the one thing about it. The one thing, the only thing that we know is that he has talent. There's no question in his talent. Does he have the commitment to be able to excel? And that's not easy because, you know, 
this is not baseball. This is not golf. You can't kind of sort of want to play football. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You got to be committed. It's there's a level of an intensity, our game, and energy that is required to play the game of football. I always said, you know, because I had a I had a son, and he wanted to play football when he was young. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and he's it was a big kid, you know. Yeah, and I was like, he man. is a big kid, yes, and, and he's he's a man now. <laughs> That's right. But I just remember, yeah. yeah, and he, but he. He wanted to play football one year, and then after that, he's like, you know, I don't really want to play. And I, I told him at that point, I said, you can't sort of want to play football. Mm-hmm. You know, so – and I don't know where C.J. is at. But when you, when you, when you watch him on the field at times, the, excite, the excitement, the celebration that happens with teammates, I mean, you just – I'm not quite seeing it yet, and I hope he can get it back. We'll see. Uh, the next few weeks are big, and and he was out there in a good way. And and I think and look, that's part- he, look, he had injury. He had sure. time COVID. on the COVID list. I There's mean, I don't on. know where where it's coming from, but I mean, he's been through a lot. And hopefully, he gets back to where he wants to be. And I think that's part of what we heard Peter King talking about with Urban Meyer, and it's just a different era of coaching. It's not just between the white lines, and it's not just dealing with it in the off season anymore. It is. 12 months a year, uh, 365 days, you got to take care of your guys. Not as much as college, though. That's a great thing about coaching <laughs> right. in the pros. You, you know, you're, you know, the, the lack of recruiting, I'm sure Urban sure. Meyer is going to be – or has enjoyed very much. But you, 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 know, you understand when they reach out to Henderson and go to his house, as the report said, and they confirmed, you know, they're – that you understand why players really latch on to Urban Meyer and and this coaching staff, and because Urban is giving his all to them, not just as football players, but everybody else too. Well, did you ever, did you see the um, uh, interview with the Jaguar strength and conditioning coach? Uh, oh, I did one right before. Hey, the what's end his of- name again? Um, Schlegel, Anthony Schlegel. Schlegel, Anthony Schlegel. And he had something that he termed the GSF, give right, a yeah. blank factor. S yeah. factor. Yeah, that's right. Okay. When the, when the players know that you care, it's another way to put it, and that you give a okay, blank, blank yes. okay, then they're willing to return the favor and commit to you and, and to your program. And I think that's what, what Urban – I think does a really good job of from what I see. And I like I said, I don't know Urban from nothing. Mm-hmm. We've had some conversation, very brief. But just from watching him and how he interacts with the players, there's a lot of interaction. The more so than head coach player stuff that I've seen mm-hmm. at other at other times here. And it and it's good to see because you can tell that it's not just about a real quick comment and then that's it. You can see that there's more to it. Plenty ahead. We'll come back in just a moment with the network hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. By the way, if people haven't seen the interview with Schlegel, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, he's he's a trip, go to man. Jaguars.com yes. because that GSF that he talked about <laughs> on Jaguars.com, that might be one of the best interviews I've ever seen. It made me, He made me get ready to, to go to work. More with Jeff Lagerman ahead. We'll hear from Brian Schottenheimer, Shaq Quarterman, Peter King. It's the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour after this on the Jaguars Digital Network. <laughs> 